welcome to another episode of Babe, You Gotta See This. I'm Kurt. And I'm Liv. And this is a weird episode because it's the first time that we've ever recorded past like 4 p.m. So. (laughs) We have no regular schedule. No, this is kind of a mess. We normally record in a room that's upstairs away from the rest of Kurt's house, but now we're in the basement, so we can hear everybody above us, and it's really echoey, and we're trying to make the best of this situation. I think it'll be fine. It'll be fine, and we think the microphone is better. Last week, I apologized for how much you could hear of everything. We've tried to fix it. Maybe we overcompensated. I don't know. We're going to find out when I edit this. We're learning. We're learning. Learning is great. <laughs> learning is fun. This week was my pick. It was. What'd you pick? I picked the notebook. No way. Yeah. Yes way. <laughs> Woohoo! You sound so happy about it. I mean, it's not. It's not. I wouldn't call it a happy movie. I thought it was joyous. You're weird. It was not. It was very sad. All right, time for my shtick. This is where I read the summary. I'm going to try to read, but also angle my head towards the mic. In 1940 South Carolina, mill worker Noah Calhoun, Ryan Gosling, and rich girl Allie, Rachel McAdams, are desperately in love, but her parents don't approve. When Noah goes off to serve in World War II, it seems to mark the end of their love affair. In the interim, Allie becomes involved with another man, James Marston. But when Noah returns to their small town years later, on the cusp of Allie's marriage, it soon becomes clear that their romance is anything but over. And this movie was released on June 25th of 2004. Um, so I got into this movie because I feel like it was just a thing to do as a girl growing up. Yeah, it's pretty stereotypical. Yeah, like that was the thing that people did. Like you went to a sleepover and you watched like Legally Blonde or... Eat ice cream and watch The Notebook. Yeah, The Notebook. And like that was like a thing. So I I didn't actually watch it at a sleepover. I think that at a certain point I just was like, I want to see this movie because I feel like everybody has seen this movie but me. And I watched it and then I never watched it again until (laughs) we watched it (laughs) last week. Yeah. Because it's a heavy hitter. I was telling her, it's a movie that I feel like I can only watch once every couple of years. Because it's it's a lot. It's a bit heavy. Yeah. What did you know about The Notebook before we watched it? Um, I knew that it was supposed to be really sad. And it was a Nicholas Sparks book. Yeah. And Ryan Gosling was in it. And that's basically it. Yeah. But I wanted to start off with you. I've got some some deep conversations planned for this one, Kurt. Because mm-hmm. I know that that's what you love, Mr. Philosophy. <laughs> so I wanted to know what your experience was or what your preconceptions were to this movie growing up as a male. Because I feel like it's a very different, especially regarding movies like this, I feel like it's a very different perception than a woman growing up well i always grew up with the perception that it was like a chick flick Mm -hmm. right like it was it was almost like 
I don't know if any other guys felt this way, but it was like we made fun of it. Like a guy wasn't supposed to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, she's watching The Notebook. Like, better buy her ice cream, you know. <laughs> and there's like the jo- I'm pretty sure Family Guy did a joke, or it might have been. I think it was on House too, where House watches The Notebook and eats cookie dough ice cream. I have never seen and House, so I have no idea. But I, I could be wrong, but I vaguely remember that. But it's like a joke, you know. It's like. Mm-hmm. Like, the the sadness, it's like a chick flick that's supposed to be really sad, so of course the macho guys are like, oh, it's that sad movie, The Notebook, what a joke, very funny. Like, that's kind of how it is. I love it when I hear a joke and I go, that's a joke, very funny. <laughs> <laughs> you do that all the time. Yep, every day. No. <laughs> how did you feel watching it, slash after? What are, what are your thoughts I mean, it was, on it? it was... You know, like, I'm fairly open-minded, much more than I used to be, at least. Yeah. So it's like, you wanted to watch The Notebook. It's not one of those movies that I would have sat down and been like, I'm going to watch The Notebook, because it's just not my kind of movie. Mm-hmm. But it was a good movie. It's I probably wouldn't watch it again unless somebody else was like, Kurt, we should watch The Notebook. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, well, it was enjoyable. You know, but it's not like, it was sad. I don't think I was emotionally effective, affected as much as you were. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. Because, I mean, it was sad. But Well, you don't cry at movies really either. It takes a very specific kind of movie. We've seen a lot of movies together, and Kurt very rarely cries. And I would say that I cry. I cry to, ex- like, nerd shit. Yeah. Like, I get sad when Yoda dies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I get sad when, like, Bing Bong disappears in Inside Out. That so. also made me really sad. Yeah, but you don't cry. Yeah, I don't cry. You as will much. feel emotions, but it takes a lot to get you to actually like cry. <laughs> I think that's re- reflective of who we are, like outside of watching movies as well. Because you cry a lot more than I do. I cry. That's not a negative thing. I'm not. All I'm not slandering Olivia for that. It's just the truth. You cry a lot more than I do. I do. That's just how I am. Kurt likes what I guess the general public would call a good movie, <laughs> a lot more than I do. Kurt likes films is what he always says he will always correct me i'll be like oh that movie and he'll be like that's a film i took a couple film classes and one of the things we talked about a lot was like the difference between a movie and a film like it's like star wars is a movie american beauty is a film yeah whereas i don't have that i mean i i understand the difference but for me i don't focus on that i guess and kurt has watched many movies that i like and I think we can both agree, they are not films. They are very Usually much movies. Not, yeah. So I guess you like you like films. I no. like artsy shit. Yeah, you you care a lot more about the cinematography, the directing, mm-hmm. the writing, all of that stuff like that. I am willing to just... I know who I am, and I know that sometimes bad things aren't... They're bad, but they're enjoyable, so I don't care. So I guess this is a long-winded way of saying... What did you think of the movie in terms of that? I thought it was good. I thought it did a... I, I think it was well done. It's a a well thought out story. Like I didn't see any... Like there wasn't anything about that that was unbelievable, right? And it was mm-hmm. kind of predictable from the beginning. I'm pretty sure like within the first five minutes of the movie, I went, oh, they're the old couple. Yeah, Kurt loves to be like, this is what's happening. And I just sit there like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> No, so, so. It was, it's kind of predictable, but that doesn't. 
I think it's a strength to the movie that do- that doesn't really detract from it. Yeah. If anything, it adds to it because you like you are jumping between these two perspectives of like the young couple and what they're going to become, which just makes it more sad. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think it. I think it was well done. It was a good movie. Yeah, I will say, as someone who's watched a lot of like chick films, as I'm sure they're, they're labeled chick flicks. Chick flicks. Yeah. Yes. Chick films. Yeah, chick films. High art chick flicks. No, but like for real, like. As someone who's seen a lot of chick flicks, like, this is pretty highbrow as far as chick flicks go, you know? Like, yeah, it's really well done. A lot of people think of chick flick, I mean, at least like a Hallmark movie or like a cheesy Christmas movie. Like, they're not, they're not made to be good, whereas this seems like a movie that they did actually try to make look a little bit more refined. Yeah. So, that's good. But, yeah, I just wanted to know, because I know that guys, I feel like a majority of guys have not seen this movie. Most guys would make fun of it. Like, maybe not in, like, our circles, Mm -hmm. because we are pretty open-minded and accepting friends. But I feel like most, like, you know, stereotypical, straight, manly men would not watch The Notebook, because why would I watch that? It's a chick movie. Yeah. I'm gonna go put on a hard hat and hit nails into boards. I would say we we have a friend named Trevor who's a very odd person and I would just love to watch him watch this movie. He would not like The Notebook. But the thing is, it's one of those things where I feel like he he wouldn't have an issue with The Notebook for all the reasons that guys typically have a reason an issue with The he Notebook. He would just think it's boring. Yeah. And I would really I feel like he would have some really interesting ideas what was going on. I'm sure. He's a very complex man. So, Trevor, if you're listening, <laughs> I will pay you $10 to watch The Notebook. I'm not sure that's enough for him. And let me know what you think. I think it's... I don't think he's ever going to listen to this podcast. He either. won't. And even if he did, he wouldn't do it. But the offer's <laughs> out there for Trevor only. So now I want to I wanna spiral into my my thing. And this, this may be a little controversial, a little controversy from olivia let's hear it i know well let's start New by segment, saying controversy from olivia <laughs> every week i just say something extremely controversial that just yeah. completely like polarized. And the, the, the longer it goes on it becomes less and less nuanced because you run out of less and less nuanced things to say so yeah. 100 episodes in you're just actually just being an asshole yeah <laughs> Stay tuned keep listening no <laughs> no well i mean obviously i like this movie I asked for us to watch it. Mm-hmm. However, I think that this movie has a lot wrong with it. Explain. I will. First off, I guess I'll put the disclaimer in that one person cannot speak for any gender, race, sexuality, anything like that. So this is me talking from my experience as a woman, but somebody else who's a woman could have a completely different opinion than me. And that's Nuance. totally... Yeah, and that's totally valid. So this is just my opinion. And if you don't agree with it, hey, that's fine. The number one critique... Don't look at my screen. Listen to what I have to say. (laughs) (laughs) I just wrote out my thoughts. The number one thing that I would say is that this is a movie that was made to be targeted at women, but it was made by men. Mm. It was written by Nicholas Sparks. Yes. And it was directed by a man named Nick Cassavetes. Cassavetes? I don't know how you pronounce it. Nick Squared. Sure. Oh, yeah, I didn't think about that. Yeah, it's Nick and Nick. Yeah, Nick and Nick. Um, which is not inherently 
bad. However, it does skew how things go. The movie has some hugely problematic moments and reoccurring themes in it that aren't great. Like what? Oh, don't you worry. I made a list. <laughs> right off the bat, Ryan Gosling sees a girl and he's like, when I see somebody that I like, I gotta have them. Guys, that's not a way to get a girl. Don't do that. Um, he threatens to kill himself until Rachel McAdams yes. agrees to go on a date with him. That's kind of weird. They argue and fight literally all the time, and there is never any conflict resolution. Oh, it's just like... They just make it's out. It's like a, oh, this was the relationship. We'd argue and then make out and argue and make out. It yeah. was great. And at one point, like, the overview says, like, they were passionate. But, like, that's not... I mean, you can be passionate. Kurt and I are both very passionate people. We get into heated arguments about things but like we don't just end on that note and then make out yeah no we don't do that we have like actual discussions oh i hate you so much let's make out yeah no if you said that to me i would slap you across the face you'd slap me across the face anyways yeah um <laughs> true uh ryan gosling is kind of creepy through the whole movie a bit yeah yeah like he and it's weird because it's hard to explain where the lines are drawn <laughs> you know and it differs for every person like i think him writing her the letters every single day i thought that was sweet yeah that was really sweet um them being broken up for like many many years and then him buying the house that he said he was gonna build for her and pretty much just erecting it in her honor and yeah putting the painting room in there for her and stuff yeah like that, even though he didn't <laughs> even know her anymore uh, creepy but, um, yeah rachel mcadams literally cheats on her fiance and there are zero consequences like she tells her fiance james marsden who i would say there's nothing wrong with james marsden he's Except painted his face kurt doesn't like james marsden's face i think it's cheekbones are too big but, like, he doesn't do anything wrong for the film. Like, he's a that nice guy. Yeah. He's a really nice guy. And, like, there's nothing wrong with it, with him. And then she cheats on him, and he's like, you know, I'll still love you. And I'm like, what? She literally left. So now he's going to go buy a house and erect it in her mat in her honor. Um, yeah. And then she's going to cheat on Ryan Gosling. And then he's going to buy another house. And build it in her honor. Seriously. And it's just going to be an endless cycle of house building for Rachel yeah. McAdams. So the relationship, see, and that's the thing that's really tricky, is because the relationship when they're young seems really, really kind of toxic and precarious. But the relationship when they're old is really, really endearing. Mm -hmm. So I'm confused as to how that happened, because we kind of skip everything in the middle there. It doesn't really add up. Well, one of the things that confused me is that I don't think that the young... Ryan Gosling, I don't remember his character name. Noah. Noah. I don't think that the young Noah would have acted the same way as the old Noah yeah. given the circumstances. It's very odd. Like, and... I don't think young Noah would have been able to suck it up and handle... Uh, she had dementia, right? Yeah, dementia yeah. or Alzheimer's. Oh, I don't know why I said it like that. Alzheimer's, one, one of, of the, the two. two. Yeah. Um, I don't think... Just given everything they established about his personality... I don't think he would have been able to handle it as well as we see old Noah do. Yeah, it's it's weird and it doesn't really make sense. You know, there are also a lot of other things in there that aren't good. It takes place in the South in the 1940s. And we know the makeup of this country. There were a lot of people of color 
primarily black people in the South in the 1940s, and basically everybody in this movie is white. Yeah. That was so, something that confused me. That's not great. When I found out they were in Tennessee, right? No. They were somewhere south. South Carolina. South Carolina. When I found out it was in South Carolina and not a single black person had been on screen yeah. yet, that confused me. Which I will say, it's, it is absolutely not okay. However, the movie was made in 2004, in which the circumstances in Hollywood were different. Yeah, we have so far to go in terms of representation still, but at least now I feel like there's a conversation about it where we're much more critical about it, and in 2004 we weren't. <laughs> I feel like now people are getting their act together. Yeah. And that doesn't excuse it, however, I understand the unfortunate circumstances as to why it is somehow about a romance in South Carolina, but there's no black people, which is... Not cool. Not cool, Nicholas Sparks. Yeah, no. Um, Were there black people in the book? That's a question. I don't know. I've never read the book. I've never read the book either. So Nicholas Sparks here on Thin Ice. Other Nick? Not cool. All of his other movies, I don't think, also have black people in them. Hmm. And so I guess my thing is, it's okay to like movies, but my friend Jess once was like, we need to be critical of like authors that we like. We need to be critical of things that we like. So I like the movie. But I'm going to call people out on the issues with it. I respect that. Yeah. But I also think, and I was talking to my friend Maya about this, is that one of the things that she said, and I should say Maya was somebody, Maya's extremely smart. She's probably one of the smartest people I know. And she studied uh, gender and women's studies in college. So she's incredibly smart. And I asked her her thoughts on this movie. And she said that one of the most important things in analyzing pieces like this, which are historical, is to bring in historical context. Because... From the lens of 2020, there are some toxic aspects that we're talking about, but it taking place in the 40s, it may have been a little bit more realistic for the situation. That makes sense. Which does make a lot of sense. Um, Like she said, you know, at the time she's supposed to listen to her father and follow the rules that are set for her, and although we don't agree with it now, we do need to also look at it as a piece of history. It's very similar to analyzing historical texts. Yeah, and Maya was saying, you know, in terms of her choice that she made in the 40s, choosing to go with this guy who had no money, she went against her family and everything like that. So that's an important thing to bring in. However, I think that this is a movie that I would really like to show our children, regardless of their gender, to explain how we often have a warped view of relationships within society. And I think that it's important to have examples like this movie that portray it in kind of a positive light to teach them that you know abuse and toxic behavior is not always as obvious as people think it is Hmm. you know what i mean because i think a lot of people think you know well abuse is hitting somebody or beating them up but that's not always what it is or you know toxic behavior like i would like to show if if we have you know a son saying you shouldn't, or I guess not even, gender doesn't matter. You shouldn't threaten to kill yourself to get somebody to go out with you. And if they say no, no means no. <laughs> yeah, that's when you pause the movie and go, here, son. Yeah, and it's right off the bat. Walk away, yeah. And then you turn the movie off because you got the point across five minutes in. Yeah, and <laughs> and what he does is really, it's stalkerish. And I think it's good to point out and point out their fights and saying, you know, this movie frames it like they're so passionate 
and everything like One that. One of the things that caught me when we watched it that I thought was really stupid is when he overhears the mom. What did, what did she call him? Trash. Yeah. I'm pretty sure she trash. just literally called him trash. Garbage. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she was just screaming trash in the other room. Mm-hmm. Um, but he kind of like storms off and initiates this fight where he doesn't even give her like a chance to say her thoughts. Yeah. He just kind of goes, well, your parents think this way. Your mind must be made up. Right. Which is like all of her actions have been saying otherwise throughout mm-hmm. the entire movie. And I think that's also why I like the letters so much is because the letters is the first aspect of real communication between them mm-hmm. that we see in the movie. But she doesn't even know that he's making that attempt to happen. This movie doesn't show a lot in favor of strong communication in terms of their early relationship. But at the same time, I, for me, I think the real treasured moments of this movie are when they're older. Yeah, I think that I the the rest of the movie is solid, but I think that the romantic parts with him older and his attempt to get his wife to remember things mm-hmm. is very sweet. Yeah, and, and I've I think seen, that really made the movie. I decided I googled is the Notebook feminist <laughs> before doing this. Um, the answer is leaning on the no spectrum. I would say, yeah, and rightfully so. A lot of people get mad at him. A lot of feminist critiques say that he is berating her and forcing her into this. I don't agree with that because when you get to the end, you find out that she wrote that notebook for him. She's the one that wrote it down and said, you know, whatever it said in the beginning, like I did like help me remember who I am or whatever like that. And I don't know. I think that also touches me in a really different way because I've worked with people who have Alzheimer's and dementia and it's rough and being in love with somebody who's suffering with that is so incredibly hard to have to learn to work through that and I think it's amazing that every day he sits and reads to her the same story about them Mm -hmm. even though you know it's just for that brief second of her knowing and remembering I think that's beautiful, and I think that at the end of the day, that's what everybody wants. It's just somebody who's gonna be there for them no matter what. I also, I mean, I really like how they're playing their song at the end, and then it clicks that she remembers who she is because that's real. I'm saying it right now, that's real. I love it when that doctor man is like, why do you keep re- why do you keep trying to help? She's never gonna remember. She's gone. Blah 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 blah. That doctor sucks, and we know scientifically that is incorrect. So. So what what song, if I had dementia, what song would you play me to get me to remember who I am? I don't know. <laughs> You're so all over the place. Like I don't like that question, because like. The answer could be, I could play Kishibashi. Yeah, that's a good choice. Or I could play, like, the Crab Rave music. Like, it seems like it's an equally... (laughs) It seems like there's an equal percentage of success rates. But again, but again, it depends. Because, again, this is something that may be in my future work field. But different songs... You have different memories with different songs. Mm -hmm. So it depends. Because... Hearing different songs takes you back to different moments. I mean, even with us now, when your brain is not trying to battle dementia or Alzheimer's, if you hear a certain song, you'll remember certain things. You'll remember moments. 
like I don't know, an example for us is that one Nick Cage and the Bad Seeds oh, yeah. song from Harry Potter. We danced to that before I left mm-hmm. for college for the first time. And we danced to that. And every time I hear that song, I remember that. It's the same sort of thing. So, yeah, that's real. That's the moral of the story is it's real. Music therapy is valid. Please hire music <laughs> therapists. Yeah. And so, basically, my my wrapping it up is it's good and it's bad. It's ingrained in the pop culture, whether we like it or not. Yeah, that's kind of one of the, the big issues with popular media mm-hmm. is it's almost always going to be biased in some sort of way. Yeah. But because it exists... Like, you can't, you can't really just ignore it. It's a thing in literary canon, too. Like, there's a lot of questions as to why there aren't, like, women or queer authors in the historical literary canon, even mm-hmm. though those, like, women have been writing things forever. Yeah. You know? They, women have been writing things as long as men have. But if you look at the historical literary canon, like, what's considered important is almost all text written by men or about men. So, like, that's, like... A lot of people, uh, we talked about this in one of my feminist class, a lot of people are like, why should we care, you know, if it's so historically biased? But because it exists, we kind of have to. Mm-hmm. That doesn't, But that doesn't mean that we can't also be looking for other things to supplement that gap. Yeah. That's all I have to say. Yeah, and I guess my final note on that is that I think that I guess everything should be able to be looked at critically. Nothing is perfect, and it's it's good to look at things critically and form opinions about them. I guess my, my moral is if you are critiquing something because you have valid critiques and you want to form opinions on things, go for it. If you want to call something bad because it was made for women or because women traditionally like it, you need to reevaluate. And that includes women who say that they are feminist and then tear down the parts of the movie that because they're girly or sappy or anything like that because that really hurts the overall. We read an interesting book in one of my feminist class called The Cinderella Paradox or something along that lines. And it talks about whether or not being girly could be considered feminist feminist right yeah and like whether or not is it feminist to let your daughter play with barbies i got into this fight with my freshman year english teacher we got into an argument one day because she had a young daughter at the time i think she was about six and she was like i will never let my daughter watch a disney princess movie interesting and i was like i don't know i don't know and her argument was that it's gonna make her daughter feel like she's inferior to men and that she has to be a certain way has she seen mulan probably not and i got an (laughs) argument with her about it because i believe i do believe that there's two sides of every coin and it's one of those things where as somebody who is feminist but who is traditionally girly it's weird to have people be like like my favorite color is pink yeah you're not feminist if you like pink and i denied that for a very long time because i felt like it made me less of a feminist but that's not what it is. Every woman should be able to be who she is. Because all women are valid. And trans women are valid. 
JK Rowling. But <laughs> uh, we were talking about I was when you were saying that we gotta be critical of like our favorite authors, I was like that I was about to say yes. we're looking at you, JK Rowling. And we are. We are. And that's that's one thing that I like about us is that we we're not afraid to challenge things. But yeah, I mean I'm a firm yeah, believer. This punk starts blaring in the background. <laughs> no, but I love I love the Disney princesses. Anybody that knows me knows that I love princesses. I talk about being a princess all the time. Yes. I love it. And there are a lot of problems with Disney princess movies, especially the early ones. Now we're getting into a new era where we're not doing that so much anymore. But like Cinderella, she was like, I don't want my daughter to ever watch Cinderella because she's going to think that the only important things in our life are wearing fancy clothes and going and getting a prince. But to me, then that negates the whole part of Cinderella where she's so kind. Cinderella is relentlessly kind. Yes. And she's very, very giving. And she's a hard worker. And she's extremely resilient. And she is a survivor of abuse who makes it out and does great things with her life. And the sequels are great. I'll put that out there. The Cinderella only, 2 and 3 are great. The only part of the sequels I've ever seen, I think this is from one of the Cinderella sequels, the only clip I've ever is seen is when the prince jumps out, out of the window. Yeah. yeah, it's a good one. <laughs> no, but like, to me, it's like by telling your daughter that Disney princesses are bad, you're negating all of their good qualities. And I believe that that's true of anything. There are good things and there are bad things. I will burn in hell before I let somebody tell me that I can't show my daughter Mulan. Well, yeah, and then it's like, <laughs> the movie Mulan is literally, like, radically feminist. Yeah. And kind of queer-affirming also, yeah. I guess. So it's like, are there problematic things with that movie also? Probably. Oh, sure. I yeah. can't, I mean, definitely with the new one, but... <laughs> but <clears throat> wow, we're really getting controversial on this one. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> But no, so I guess that's my thing is that you can critique things, but if you're just not liking them because they're for women, that's not cool, bro. Yeah, you should really take a step back and analyze why that's considered bad to you. Mm -hmm. Like why something being made for women or like being more focused towards women is bad in your eyes. Mm -hmm. Because to me, that suggests that you probably just have a bias against women. Yeah, you're I right. mean, you're that's right. <laughs> that's what I gotta say. <laughs> if <laughs> if you're that insecure about liking something that is considered considered traditionally feminine, think about it. Now that we said that, let's take a <laughs> quick ad break to decompress from all of that. <laughs> okay, we're back now. Hello. What did you, did, did you like anything about the movie in specific? Was there anything that stood out to you? I don't think there is anything that, I like, I like the dad. I like his dad. Oh, Noah's dad? Yeah. Yeah, he's a good character. He's a good character. I think that was the only thing that, there were a lot of, of geese. I knew you were going to bring it up <laughs> at some point. It. That was one of the things that, that, that stood out to me is from the beginning of the movie onward, I don't know what they were trying to symbolize at the geese, but it was, there's no way it wasn't intentional. Well, she there says were so that, many geese. She says that thing about like, say it, say I'm a bird. And he's like, if you're but a bird, geese? I'm a bird. Which is 
just a weird that line is weird in general people say it all the time i don't really get it i don't either i guess it's romantic <laughs> but to me i'm like that's just kind of odd but maybe that's just not our personal hey, brand of romance say it i'm mm. a bird <laughs> i thought you were a toad <laughs> i'd prefer to be a frog i thought you were a frog yeah that's a running joke that we have we won't explain it um <laughs> I think we, I think we can all agree. Uh, the mom. Oh, I also the, like old timey cars. Yes, the cars are good. The score is good. The score is pretty good. solid. Uh, I think we can all agree the mom sucks. Yeah. The mom. Trash. Trash. Like, <laughs> who who does that? And then she has the, the rich weird. Rich mom. What are you talking? about? I know, about? but then she has the weird moment also when she like takes Allie to go to the lumber yard, and she's like, "You see that man over there? I was in love with him, and I left him to marry your father because he was rich." I like the father's mustache. And it was the, oh, the father's mustache was good. And she was like, "And it was the best decision I ever made." But she's like sobbing. Yeah, so it really gives us it. like. She's like, I couldn't have, like, like, she's basically trying to tell her daughter that she would have been much more miserable with him, but she's literally, like, having a breakdown just from seeing him. Yeah. I was like, this is wild. Um, no, the mom sucks. Uh, James Mars <laughs> James Marsden deserved better. He was also kind of creepy when he first met her, but infinitely less creepy than building a house for somebody that you haven't seen in like I, five years one of the th one of the things that i thought was a weird message the movie sent is how like it one of the one of the real it almost felt like one of the realizations she came to that made her eventually end up with noah was that like i'm trying to figure out how to phrase this it was almost like he was the wrong choice because her parents liked him yeah and he even makes and, that joke at one point yeah and it was like, it wasn't, and it wasn't, there was like nothing else wrong with him, except for James Morrison's face, who I don't like, which I don't like that much. But if you could get past him, and you actually think he's attractive. Yeah. There was nothing else wrong with him. He was really sweet. He went out of his way for her a lot. When she goes, I just need to get away. And he was like, should I be worried? And she goes, nope. And he goes, okay. They had the, they had the communication that should have been. Yes. Well, he had. Rachel McAdams kind of sucks in the movie. He had the communication that should have been romanticized. There was nothing wrong with him. And then she goes, like, she basically dumps him because she's scared of pleasing her parents. Yeah, and... For somebody she hasn't talked to in, like, five years. <laughs> it's also... And then sleeps with once. It's also super weird how they're like... Oh, Ryan Gosling numbs the pain by sleeping with this war widow. And then when he sleeps with Allie, the war widow shows up and they all eat like dinner together. Yeah, that I thought was weird. I was like, this is awkward. And the war widow's like, she's really nice. She's really good. And I was like, this is so awkward. It was odd. Um, should I should I bring you to meet my war widow that I sleep with when you're away? Uh, I'm not going away, so... <laughs> I thought it was really weird how when they're old, the children were like, Dad, leave Mom. <laughs> I could see their concern. But, like, they, they expressed it super weird. Yeah, they were pretty it crass. Wasn't, it wasn't like they were like, Dad, we're worried about you. We want to spend more time with you without having to drive here. Like, 
she's really not in a good place. Like, come home. They're like, Dad, she doesn't know you. Leave her alone. <laughs> They're super brash about you it. You dumb old man. Literally. <laughs> yeah, they were, they were pretty crass. Uh, I will say at the end, spoiler alert, Kurt wasn't sure if they, they had died or not. I, I mean, like, they infer it, right? And I was like, I was like, oh, they're probably dead. But at the same time, like, it's kind of just inferred. And I didn't know if both of them died. Yeah. <laughs> so which, I, had to, I had to ask to clarify that. Which is a horribly sad, but, but beautiful moment. Because if she had died first, he would have had to have lived with it. And almost worse, if he had died first, she would have forgotten everything about who she was. Yes. So, it's a beautifully touching moment. It's cheesy, of course, that they literally are like, do you think our love could take us away together? And then they literally just <laughs> lay a, down and die. Cheesy. But it's also, I mean, I want to be melodramatic when I'm old. I'm melodramatic now. I don't think it'll change, so. <laughs> <laughs> so, I guess, Kurt, do you recommend this movie? Uh, that's an interesting question. Because I don't think I would go up to somebody and, like, grab them by the shoulders and shake them and be like, you need to watch The Notebook. But if somebody if somebody came up to me and it was like, Kurt, I want to watch The Notebook, what did you think? I'd probably say, like, yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah, I think that it's... Again, I think that it's a movie, but I think that nobody under the age of, like, 16 should watch the movie. Not because it's, like, inappropriate, because, but I think that you need to have a little bit more experience to be able to see the toxicity in it. And mm-hmm. know that this is a movie and it should not be idolized. Or it should be something that parents feel comfortable talking about their kids with. Because I think that parents don't have enough conversations with kids about what they watch. So I think it's really good if you allow yourself to be critical but not like super harsh and that varies for everybody you know for me i watch this and i can look at it and say it's just a movie and i know that i shouldn't hang off a ferris wheel to get somebody to say yes to a date (laughs) with me but i can enjoy looking at ryan gosling and rachel adams who are super cute their their chemistry is fantastic throughout the movie it's a wonderfully acted movie but i'm old enough and educated enough to know that like i shouldn't do that but it doesn't take me away from the movie other people might have an issue with it they may not be able to watch it and enjoy it so i guess this would be a movie that we say i would say if you if you were previously interested in watching it and haven't yet you'll probably enjoy it but if it's not on like your list of movies to watch it's a solid movie and if you end up watching it you'll probably enjoy it yeah, I would say it, you should watch it once, at least. It's in the pop culture. It's pretty I ingrained give it, in the pop culture. I give it seven geese? out of ten geese, and I was I was gonna say I knew of, you were. Yeah, you you read my mind. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it. No, I'll give it six and a half out of ten geese. Yeah, it's 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 enjoyable. I don't think I would seek it out again. Yeah, I mean, I would say this is a horrible review, but, like, 
watch it, and if you decide that you don't, I mean, I would say that a lot of the dramatic, toxic relationship stuff happens within the first, like, 20 to 25 minutes of the film. Yeah, it's mostly. So I would say turn it on, and if you don't like it, you're not enjoying it, then don't watch the rest of it. You can easily find out what happens online. And... Or just call Olivia and she'll tell you. Yeah, I'll give you a full recap of the whole movie. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so... I will have forgotten everything that happens within the next month. Yeah, and it's a good good movie to cry to. Um, (laughs) I would just say that. Like, it's a good movie to cry to. Yeah, Olivia, I would say my favorite part about the... We've been saying I would say a lot. My favorite part about the movie, hands down, was when Olivia showed up at my door with the movie in hand. Um, oh yeah she had gummy bears kit kats uh what else did you have the what i brought brought your favorite soda jelly beans and one of my favorite sodas because that's how you need to watch the notebook that's what she said that's how you have to watch the notebook and and i i happily ate my jelly beans and drank my soda and i forgot (laughs) tissues but for me that's what the movie is it's just a good movie to cry to and i can ignore all of the other stuff while I'm watching it because I know that once I see those old people I will cry. I think I was so too it's a good movie just to cry to. Yeah, you were really into the geese. There were so many. I will say that is something in that one scene they're on the boat, it's right before the iconic rain scene, there is just an abundance of birds. There's like probably on screen at one point like 150 geese. It was wild. So yeah, that's that. Kurt, mm. next week we're gonna have a battle royale. A battle royale. Do you wanna do you wanna say what we're watching? We're watching Blade Runner and Blade Runner twenty forty nine as a joint double feature. Yup, we as we're recording this, we have watched Blade Runner. And Olivia has some things. And to I say. have some things to say. <laughs> And we're about to end this recording and watch uh, the second one, which I can never get the numbers right, but it's Blade Runner 2049. Um, So we're doing a back-to-back Ryan Gosling on the podcast. Yeah, but I think that's it. Uh, On this episode, this is our first episode with our new intro and outro music, which I'm super excited about. The song is Baby Blue by Flowers. They are so incredible. I went to college with them. They were in the acapella community with me, and they are such nice guys, and I love their music, so we're going to put all of their um, social media information in the description of the episode, so please go follow them, check out their music. It's really, really great. I like it a lot, so I think you will too. Go support them. Yeah. They're amazing. They're, like, seriously the nicest guys, please. Like, I cannot stress that enough. They're incredible. And I'm so happy to see that they're putting out new music on a regular basis. It's awesome. You can follow us on Instagram mm-hmm. at Baby Gotta See This. We just posted pictures of our pets. So you can go check that out. And we post some other stuff there. You know, it's, you know what else we'll throw out there? Uh, make sure you're registered to vote. Please vote. Please vote. Democracy is important. And also make sure to look at your um, state and local elections. There's a lot of talk about the presidency this year, but the Senate and the House of Representatives and your local officials are just as important, if not more. So, 
please go ahead and make sure that you're looking at what your ballot's gonna look like before you vote. We'll put some resources in the description. We'll, we'll even entice you to vote. How about that? I'll make a post on our Instagram, babe. You gotta see this. And if you tell us that you're registered to vote, uh, we will post a picture of one of our pets for you on the story. <laughs> I like that. We will give you a picture. You can choose if you would like a dog or a cat photo from us. Or one of my fish. Oh yeah, Kurt also has koi. So you can get a picture that of... That makes me sound so rich. <laughs> well, you said it, not me. Um, yeah, yeah, Kurt so has we'll... koi. <laughs> we'll, make a, we'll make a post and we will specifically put out an animal picture for you. If you say If you that, get the fish, I'll take a picture of all of them because I can't really pull one out of the water <laughs> and take a picture of an individual fish. <laughs> See us vote. Your voice is important. Your opinions are important. You are important. Thank you. What a good note to end on. <laughs> I didn't do that intentionally. No, but you I'm were kind of riffing there. It was very sweet. Oh, nice. <laughs> Anyway, I'm Liv. And I'm Kurt. And this was, babe, you gotta see this. Yes, it was. After dark. <laughs> this is a mess. We should never do this again. Fuck. Bye. See ya.